had to go into a second part of the kit. Quick break because Martin, you were you're so. I was going on about Viper. You were, you were just so into talking about the big guy. Did, do you know where it cut off though? Did it cut off just before I started talking about him? <laughs> Uh, I think cut off in the middle of talking about him so maybe retrace yeah. what you were. Well, everything about Ryback to me just screams monster heel. He's a big guy who just demolishes his opponents. There's, no, there's not been a baby face like that. I, I couldn't tell you the last time there was a, a baby face that came in and like within his first year he was just killing people. It's, it's not a done thing. You know, your baby face is supposed to work from from the bottom, you know, he's supposed to be the one that's kind of playing catch-up. But this guy, like, everything about him just, he, he doesn't seem as if he should be getting beat at all. Like, if, if, in fact, in fact, first, you know, they were having him beat two guys, all right, you know, absolute J-brones, but he was destroying two guys in one match, you know, and then it wasn't just, you know, the jabronis, you know, he was beating, you know, like, tag teams in one match. Which is just something that really shouldn't happen to a babyface. And then getting pushed right in with the, with the whole punk angle, you know, that's that really hurt him in, in a lot of people's eyes. I think a lot of people that would have gave Ryback the time had they been, you know, allowed to develop, you know, how they kind of like paid his due. Like Goldberg, you know, Goldberg, like obviously that's what they chant, but you think about it, like Goldberg came in and he had his streak. You know, he was out there wrestling on TV every week, and he was getting better. He wasn't the best wrestler, but he did get better, and you could see see that in like the matches he was having and the, the, the kind of talent he was in there with. You know, so he, and they did he, they put him in there with a lot of kind of experienced guys, and it's it's no surprise that Goldberg's best matches are a lot of guys like Raven, um, William Regal, Steve Regal, and like Sting. You know. The, those ma- and even though his match with Hogan wasn't brilliant, but you know because Hogan could guys could carry him, through. carry him, you know, and like do all the gaga and all that kind of stuff, and you know it was. But Ryback's just not of that caliber, you know. I'm not saying he's probably a nice guy, but he, he doesn't deserve to have that kind of spot. He's certainly not a babyface spot. You see, if he was heel, I could understand. I mean, his, his heel stuff with Cena was. In 2013, yeah. when we returned heel, uh, the kind of raw after Mania, mm-hmm. that was good. Like, yeah, I, I don't know why. Like obviously, when he came back from his injury, they, they always like whenever you somebody's away for a while, they come back. They're always going to get the kind of the, the comeback pop, you know, the, the welcome back pop. But I don't know why they didn't have him like straight away, like, you know, just like clotheslining our beloved babyface and keep on the heel path because. Like what Mark Henry always nine times out of ten does yeah. when he comes back. Yeah, he'll walk them into like a false sense of security. He'll be all like jovial and all happy and stuff, and then he'll just like cut an awesome promo. Like that's the one thing about Mark Henry. Say what you like about him, kind of in the ring, very very hit or miss. You know, he can be awesome or he can be absolutely terrible. But see, when he wants to cut an awesome promo, it's he, I don't think there's many that can top him. Like, there's been times where he's, like, had JP on the verge of tears, like his retirement one, where he was standing in the ring with his boots, and then he just turned on Cena. That man, that was gold. So, what we can talk about now yeah. is, this is, this is the next part. Okay. Uh, Elimination Chambers this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Network exclusive, for yep. some strange reason. But the network is free this month, 
Yeah, if you haven't subscribed, we haven't subscribed. But if you want to subscribe, you can get it for nine ninety nine. I'm not getting paid by WWE to say that, sadly. But I just say it anyway in case one day they might pay me. Well, you know, you could get it for less than nine ninety nine. You know, when uh, when it first started, obviously it was nine ninety nine dollars, <laughs> and we, we had it. You know, we set up the kind of DNS thing and all that. I had to pay for that as well. But we were getting it for like six seventy four. <laughs> Something stupid like that we were getting it for, so they're all shouting about nine ninety nine. We were even paying nine pounds ninety nine, you know, six seventy four. Wait, is it, was it the house show? I'm, the, the house show last November there. I mean, Stephen went to, and they brought up the network apology video because yeah. they get delayed, and the whole place booed. Mm. I was like, this isn't going to go well when it finally launches. But who knows? I don't know what they were thinking. And when you think about all the carry on with the network, like in the UK. And all the talk about, you know, like have, like Sky and, you know, having like signed such a long contract with them or, or whatever it was and not being able to like show certain content. And then there was talk like we would get the network like they've got in Canada where it would be like, like a kind of really crappy version. You know, it would be like per drive down, you could only get like certain things. And like the stuff that would be shown would be tried, you know, like on the kind of live stream. I don't know what that was all about. You know, was it just kind of like Sky and WWE not wanting to reach an agreement? At the end, that kind of put people off because they gave us a day. You know, they gave us a, like a time it would be going on, and then people had been waiting for it for like a long time at this point. They were really hyped for it. And on the day, I think it was like what two hours before. Exactly. I logged on. I was like, "Wait, I better get my network membership sorted." He was all, "Yep, nothing." Well, I mean, I'd even got the network on the Xbox. Like the app was there, yeah, for me to download, so I could watch it through the the Xbox One. Had it downloaded, and you know, anticipation of it being being on. You know, already I had my, my login details on the the PC for the the US um, network. So everything was in place, but then at the last minute, off falls apart, and I'd love to know what happened there because, like, that doesn't really happen in business, you know. It's like just like, I, it's not like you, you've got all these deals in place, contracts I've signed, and then at the last minute, somebody goes, "No, nah, change my mind, I'm not doing that." But no, you've signed this letter of intent. You, you, you're going to do this, and you thousands do that. and millions of fans are sitting on their computers yeah. ready to log on. And uh, you know how did that work for them? So. We've got Elimination Chamber, it's a full card. Yeah. When it first was announced, I thought maybe there's. It was announced that the IC title match, the tag title match, I thought maybe those two matches, but a full card. I don't really see there being title changes. I know there will be. But with like hit major title, are we? I'm, I'm not sure if I, was, if I was going to put money on any of them, and this might be bonkers. But it also kind of leads into something you were saying earlier on about, you know, highlights of Raw for the last two weeks. Kevin Owens. I don't see them bringing him in like, whilst he's still NXT champion. You know, he's only been in NXT, what, like two months, three months? Yeah, about that. So he's still very kind of new on the, on the kind of, uh, on the NXT roster. Don't see them bringing him onto the, the, the main, main show. Put Cena down twice, you know, standing on the US title, and bear in mind Kevin Owens is a well, Kevin Steen's a Canadian, so you know that, that you've got that whole kind of aspect you can play to it. But ha- having him do that 
and then having them get jobbed out on the network. Nah. I, I think that they'll probably change one title to make it seem like that the network pay-per-views are a big thing. Like, the, even if you can still get the normal yeah, ones. You'll be sure to see a new IC yeah. champion. So. Yeah, obviously that's that's going to happen. And there'll be some sort of kind of like screwy shenanigans in there somewhere. Ruth, I'm sure. Lana, Rusev. Yeah, if, if Rusev does make it. Which is a, it's quite a weird angle. I don't know if you were like Dolph but I mean, that's what I said last week. Where does Lana go? Like, Ziggler is the type of character that is su- suited to that kind of valet. Yeah. So you like Vicky, AJ. Yeah. And that suits his character, but like with Lana, it just seems weird because I associate Lana with Rusev. Like, yeah. But then you can Americanize her and stuff, and it might be good. But yeah, you've got that whole storyline there that where you can have her kind of like the Ice Queen Milton, you know, and like him bringing out the kind of party girl in her or whatever. But where does she go after that? Because she's not a she's not a wrestler. wrestler. You know, she's only going to be a valet or a manager the whole time she's there. And with with the authority storyline in place, there's yeah. no space for GMs of such. Who does she go with though? Like like you're saying, you know, Ziggler can have a manager or a, a valet, but mostly when he's a heel, when he's a babyface, he doesn't need that. So it, what do you do then? Do you turn him heel, like you know, just to keep the kind of Snide Lana character. Well, would be pretty good to keep Lana where she is. Is kind of have that, you know, bring the party and her, her maintenance her only for her to turn double cross Ziggler yeah. and kind of be with Rusev again. Yeah. To, and they could maybe go into feud for the title, the yeah. IC title, which would kind of lead. I think that's probably where this is leading to. I don't see, I don't see them kind of turning. I know she's like al- almost a hundred percent away from Rusev right now, and definitely leaning towards more the kind of baby face but you know just because you, you winch Dolph Ziggler doesn't necessarily make you a baby <laughs> face right away speaking of Jeez. face turns the Bella Twins like I have no clue so they, <laughs> they turn Naomi heel yeah. and it's like so she got a heel turn yeah. the Bella Twins didn't get a face turn it's just like right that's it yeah, just because just I think high, it was, just yeah. go out here and high five the crowd that's your face turn it's because she's such a badass you know <laughs> Uh, Naomi's Naomi's just and it's like what's her name as well um, Tamina and it's like the two of them together it's like well yeah they're clearly the heels look at them they're you know so, t- uh, Tamina, intimidating and stuff you did that perfect job with AJ do the exact same job you yeah. were doing with uh, Naomi now uh, it's, it, I feel kind of bad for Tamina but she's she's no spring chicken you know she, she, she's good in that role just keep doing it you know it's working for her but I like after everything that we've been through since like SummerSlam last year. The Bellas were like the top two bitchiest divas yeah. you could get in WWE, and well, I'm supposed to just start cheering, like and, and, and like the the lead up to that, like, you know, the whole thing with Stephanie last year at SummerSlam, and then the kind of um, the the turn that you're turning on Brie, and then you know Brie having to be like the servant and all that kind of stuff and getting shit dumped on, <laughs> and, and then like the next week. She's peel. Yeah, she she's like there to help her sister like <laughs> win win the title. And you're like, well, well hold on, wait, wait a minute. Like she just degraded you for like best part of a month. Screwed you in SummerSlam. Yeah, she like let let you lose to Stephanie. You know, what what's the logic in that? I mean, I know obviously like family's family. You know, like you wouldn't necessarily like completely fall with your your sister or your brother over that kind of stuff, but. And the world of WWE, that's enough for it to be over. You know, that's that could be done. But like you're saying, like 
they didn't do anything. They didn't save somebody. They didn't like come out and you know apologise. They didn't do anything different. It's not as if they gave them new music or anything like that. You know, new outfits, same shit. You know, get divas a chance. They have their chance. Tell you though, like you look at the uh, the divas and the NXT, and they are miles ahead. Like I was talking about on Facebook during the week, they are miles ahead in ring. From yeah. most the of the teams, like, uh, the women's match need enough stole the show. I thought. I it think that was the longest match. The last takeover. Um, the one where Samoa Joe came out at the end. What was that called? Undefeated or something? Unbreakable. Unbreakable, I think. Something on something. Um, I'm pretty sure the Divas match was the longest match on that card, which is saying something. But I mean, like, I don't think I've seen a bad Divas match on any of those takeovers. Every single one I've watched. Um, has been good and, and people have come out their way and went you know, oh, what do you think of that kind of that match with uh, Charlotte and uh, Italia that was awesome wasn't it you know pe- other people who are no longer kind of like interested in WWE Diva matches fast forward them and watch these yeah, matches it looks like they've really taken the time to kind of develop story major storylines with the kind of women in NXT yeah. when you look at main roster stuff it's just like it's all rushed Aye. to get a pay of your match as quickly as possible. But as I've watched it the the other day and like they've turned Emma heel. Yeah. And they're really pushing her and developing her as a heel. But you never get that in the main roster. Yeah, yeah. they're they're doing it with kind of doing it with Naomi, but not as much. Yeah. And you think, what will happen? Like if what? Charlotte and Sasha Banks, what will happen if they go up to the main roster? What what is like what have they said is Emma's motivation? Did she have to did she cut a promo and say like this is why I'm you now? Or? I'm not I'm not sure she might have turned them Bailey, I think. That was the kind of whole she was Bailey's best friend. Right. Up there, I think. I'm not quite sure. Bailey was getting all the chances, kinda of a bit of jealousy and then she turns. Right. Which but it's I enjoy like watching NXT. But what I'm saying is like it makes sense yeah. for her to have turned to you. It wasn't just a case of like I'm going to attack the champion and then kind of like obviously not low blow a chick but you know um, you know like kind of like, wipe her hair you know fuck her makeup up or something you know I don't know what, what <laughs> women do what divas do to kind of like be really healy like kiss their boyfriends or something I don't know but like that that would make sense what you're saying like about Emma and Bailey and NXT that makes sense like that's a good kind of Storyline point for her, to, pardon me, to turn heel. But with um, with the main divas, it's like like I was saying, like if you if you can't turn like if you can't turn them babyface and you can't turn them heel, like what's the point? You know, if that's that interchangeable, it just depends on like, like, who's high fiving and smiling. Like some of the backstage segments you get with divas, like sometimes like the group of divas, yeah. and it's like you see Rosa Mendez, you think, <laughs> is she face or heel? Because it's been so long since I've, I've seen her perform that I, I, I don't know. Well, look at the bit on, on Monday's Raw there when um, like the Underage guys were like back backstage and they were like the, the kind of random divas just appeared. And uh, and it's just like a crazy wee assortment. You're like, like babyface, heel, heel, babyface, babyface. I don't know who that is. You know, it's like, what? Why are, they, why are they, like, if they're supposed to be like fighting in ring and like, uh, against each other why are they all hanging out backstage it's like that's the kind of shit that in the 80s you know you would uh, get your ass handed to you for 
you know, see if you'd have done that in like Mid South or something like Bill Watts would have just like he would have actually beat the shit out of you. Like whether you're a dude or a chick, <laughs> he would have I watch I tune in NXT not only for like the kinda what the kind of major stories, but yeah. I tune in to watch like well, I'm, it's a must see at seeing the women wrestling yeah, but like the main r- roster like, this is no disrespect to like, fans of like, the Bellas or any of the Divas but mm. I'm not tuned into the like oh I really need to see what's happening yeah. the Divas but like NXT I'm like I really need to see what's happening with the, the Divas you're not alone like most people are you know and when you get them coming up to the main roster they aren't going to get the same kind of chances. It's a different show. Yeah, but it's that all comes down to whether it's Triple H has really influenced has the influence in NXT. But when they got main roster, no, there's not that much influence from Triple H. It's like you look at the people that are on NXT, like they are kind of behind the scenes. You know, William Regal being the the kind of GM uh, and obviously helping them out there as well and kind of taking people under his his wing. It's like there was. I think I was I was talking to Namba the other day and he was saying how like well I think it was on one of Jericho's podcasts and uh, Regal had said, you know, there's like there's so many things that they're just doing now without thinking. You know, they're kind of lost the reason why we did these things. And it's like, you know, like the the, the spot where you whip somebody against the ropes and you drop down and they hop over you. Yeah. Like the whole point of that I mean I'm telling you this third person, the whole point of that spot is that the person that drops down isn't dropping down so that the person can jump over them to like make them jump it's you drop down so you can trip them you know that's the whole point right, of that. Yeah. isn't you, you know you drop down person hops over you bounces off the ropes and then you leapfrog them that's not the whole point of that it's the whole point is whip them into the ropes drop down and as they're going to hop over you you trip them which makes perfect sense you know that's why you would do that move and uh, Sasha Banks done it you're obviously paying attention to what William Regal's saying and did it in our match you know, so that just goes to show you, like, even if he's saying, like, I don't know if he even mentioned that backstage or if that was just a wee thing that kind of popped into his head, but people listen to him. You know, he's respected, and, you know, I don't know anybody that's got a bad word to say about Regal. Um, you know, you, ne- you never hear his name coming up when, like, people are kind of... Because I think he's, he's helped you know? so many people, so definitely kinda, they can't say a bad thing about him because the chances are he's helped you. yeah. Know? Uh, like everybody that's not everybody that I respect because obviously if we're going to talk about like, you know people that Regal's you know helped and had cracking matches with we need to talk about you know Chris Benoit but uh, you know just make sure Django doesn't hear that but you know <laughs> everybody we can, we can kind of explain what, what was happened there uh, so Martin has uh, a dog Called Django, it's a great dog. He's an awesome uh, dog. He has tons of fun, but it's kind of like uh, you know that bit in Harry Potter when the moon comes out. <laughs> Professor Lupin turns into a werewolf. When you mention the word Chris Benoit, Django uh, kind of kind of changes a bit. It's yeah. like kind of becomes possessed and he kind of loses his shit. And kind of it's like Beetlejuice if you see his name too many times. It's it's not even just the name, <laughs> like. See the name. The name alone will get you like a, a kind of like a sharp look and a bark, right? Which is one thing that's that's cool. But see if you put the music on and you don't even say his name, like he knows what it is and he'll start freaking out. The but music is pretty terrifying now. Like it really is. But I'm talking about like the, the first thing, yeah, not the one with the. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to start barking. Silence. But 
but yeah. But like back to like Regal. Regal's like a guy that everybody's you know learns from, and everybody that I kind of think is like a, being a good worker, you know, a good a good in ring technician, has like learned from Regal. You know, Regal's obviously learned from them. And that's what you're, I was in the network. I was watching kind of the story of the Monday Night War, and it was talking about mm. Goldberg. Yeah. And Regal was saying, "No, we had a match." Um, we could see it wasn't good, but I had to carry him through. We got it through, and that's that's good because yeah. if he hadn't done that, maybe people would be saying, "Go with that was that was poor." But yeah. Why were we giving you this opportunity? Because when we go help them through it, people are saying, "Yeah, you just, you get through the match." He's, he's a very kind of very selfless guy, like that. You know, I mean, he's he had a great kind of upbringing in it. You know, having read his book and you know listening to his stories and all that, he kind of learned the hard way. And I think his mindset is, you know, I did that so other people don't have to. You know, don't get me wrong, he's probably quite a kind of like a strict kind of trainer, but he, he's got to be kind of, he's, he's got the, what's the word I want, compassion. You know, he's not going to like stretch, he's not going to hurt you, he's not going to make you do something bad, you know, just for his own amusement. I, I don't think you could find a better trainer. You know, see if you ever want to learn to wrestle, he would be the guy that I think that most people would think would be the kind of best teacher. So, what is your predictions for? Oh no, forget predictions. My prediction is pain. <laughs> <laughs> so paint because I've got to go and paint the. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is your favourite elimination chamber moment? Let's just put. We back in a. So many. Like. There's there's loads of cool ones, but I think it was 2011, with uh, when Drew was in the chamber. Uh, I, I think it must have been like the SmackDown chamber, and I just remember, like it, it came down like such a badass, and when he was in there, he kind of like butted the like the perspex of the like the pod, and he just. He's, he was like he had some kind of swagger about him that night that made him seem as if like he belonged to be there. You know, he should, he deserved to be there. I should say, and the and that match with like all the other kind of guys. That to me was a cracking me moment because it just showed you like that on any given night anybody can be like a, a main event superstar. I think one of my favourite moments uh, was the two thousand fifteen elimination chamber mm-hmm. where you had. Uh, Oh, no, 2012, sorry, where he had uh, Santino. Yeah. He really heavily pushed for the title. Yeah. And it was uh, him and Brian for the last two. Yeah. And he hit the Cobra. And it was like the the closest near fault ever to winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. And it was like, oh, imagine that. I mean, I've probably been raging at that point, obviously, being a huge Daniel Bryan fan. But, you know, the, the time I can, the only other time I can think of, you know, Sorry, I got away from the elimination chamber, but it was when he nearly won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Do you remember that? And it was the year that uh, Del, Del, Rio. Del Rio won it, and everybody kind of forgot about him. I remember <laughs> Cobra and then started like, blessing himself yeah. and dancing. <laughs> I was going absolutely bananas because like, I did not want uh, Del Rio to win it. I thought it was too obvious and like, you know, it shouldn't have been that. But when he popped up, I was, I was like, please let this happen. This will be the best <laughs> thing ever. If this guy wins the Royal Rumble, but uh, I just thought I had another really good elimination chamber moment when um, uh, it was for Undertaker Shawn Michaels WrestleMania two, 
when he came out and like Taker wouldn't wrestle him not wrestling you not wrestling you and uh, screwed him out the car and he screwed him out the, the, I think it was can't remember who he was left with in fact was it not Daniel Bryan no it wouldn't have been because that was like 2008 I think yeah oh no it wasn't it was well before 2008 oh no maybe it was 2008 I can't remember who the last two were but um, he popped it was Jericho it was Jericho and uh, he popped up you know super kick Jericho gets the one, two, three. he goes on to Wrestlemania in fact that may have been the same year then because I'm sure Edge won the other Elimination Chamber which gave him the right to to go to um, Wrestlemania to wrestle Jericho so that w- would have been Wrestlemania 25 I think Not it was 20 26 they thought yeah they well, fought each other, yeah. So that would have been, is that, what year would that be? 2010? Correct, I think we'll, 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 use, just, we'll use Google. We'll just bring up the old Google search here. 2000. I'm going to say. Because 2011 was West Midwest. Right. Maybe it was 2010. But I think it's probably those two moments that I spoke about were probably from the same elimination chamber. Elimination chamber. So the old Wikipedia here. And I think my favourite moment was uh, in two thousand six New Year's Revolution when you done this. Oh chamber, yeah. When Edge cashed in and Cena. Yeah. Which was pretty good because it kind of. So we have. Uh, oh, this is. Uh, oh, this is actually just this the, is the list of Elimination Chambers. Not just the actual event. It's strange. So there we go. So Chris Jericho defeated the Undertaker. And Edge defeated Drew McIntyre. Yeah, so that was the same year, 2010. You were spot on. Um, so two of my favourite moments uh, came from the same. same. Paper, and if, unless I'm really mistaken, that might have been the same year that the Undertaker got burned. You remember his pyro came out too loud, uh, too powerful, and he uh, he got kind of burnt down the front. He's and, yeah, and he was running down, taking the coat off and all that, and then they were passing him in bottles of water to like pour over his his chest. And then during that match, he took some really kind of stuff, knife uh, edge chops from from Jericho, if I remember right, to his kind of <laughs> third degree burns. It's like, uh, was it WrestleMania 29? And the same happened with Triple H, with the kind of powdery stuff for his entrance, was actually burning his skin. Oh, right. Before his match with Brock Lesnar, they came out, and it was like kind of powder stuff with Spain, but it was, it was like kind of. Like that kind of finding kind of burn and rash. Oh right, no, I didn't know like that. <laughs> These things happen. These things happen, especially when you're going to have entrances like that. But I mean, you know, Triple H is like the kind of guy who now kind of must put a lot of thought in his entrances. You know, like years gone by, it was just been like Undertaker, but since you know, like WrestleMania twenty seven. Or even like 22, you did the kind of on the throne and stuff. Was that 22? Was that far back? Far that? back when they fought Cena at 22. Yeah. Kind of, when they kind of. Um, kind of King Conan stuff. Yeah, kind of launched the kind of, kind of Kings theme. Yeah, which was an awesome theme. But, uh, but even then, if you think before that, he was like one of the first guys to have like a band playing him because like Motorhead played him at WrestleMania twice. But I think it's, it's funny, they only kind of inducted Arnie into the Hall of Fame this year. Just yeah. because they promoted the Terminator at WrestleMania. Well, did tri- Triple H get he inducted into some sports kind of Hall of Fame? Yeah. But it was a night, it was kind of like, uh, you induct me, uh, I'll induct you. 
Yeah, I can. No, I'm, I'm cool with that, and I was cool with the whole Terminator Genesis stuff. Although I'm not sure what they were thinking, because it was like promoting a film that was still like three months <laughs> due to come out. It's still not even. A yeah, but at goodness. that point, I was I was really digging like until I'd seen that other trailer that the massive spoiler for Terminator Genesis. I was right into it, and I loved that man. I loved all that shit. See all the, the robots, the, the T eight hundreds and all that coming up and him with their like the kind of Army coming up, time to play the game. Yeah. And stuff. I told you I'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> what you wanted was for the ultimate running you had so you had the click come out, you had the NW then you Army come out. Yeah. What better way to promote than the Army come out and helping Triple H win? Army coming out and killing them all and then ripping his face <laughs> off and being you know, like a robot underneath. Although I guess you've got to kind of watch because you don't want it to turn into Robocop and WCW. You know, you don't want to make him out and like rip the cage door off and like, you know, sting out. Like Sid, Sid standing there and he's kind of like shutting jeans and like Ole Anderson's wearing like a tuxedo or some shit, you know, it's <laughs> fucked up. But. Okay, so um, we went to a third part. Are we? Well, Alright, cool beans. So, well, Near enough to the end of the second part, and that's an hour. Well, it doesn't it's, even seem like an hour, does it? No, it certainly has. So, join us in the, the third and final part, probably, yeah. where who knows what we'll talk about. You know? Who knows? It's probably going to be something to do with wrestling and uh, comedy. <laughs> As it always is. So, always join is. us in the third part, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>